0: Mars Incorporated, the food giant known for iconic brands like M&M's and Snickers, is a long-time heavyweight. But as customers and their diets change, CEO Grant Reed is making sure the company does too. Reed has led Mars since 2014, soon after the family-owned seller of candy, pet food and more celebrated 100 years in business. He's here to talk about how he rose from a small village in Scotland to an American boardroom how the company has adapted to health and climate aware customers, and why it made a two ton Snickers bar. Influencers with Andy Serwer is brought to you by Verizon. Welcome to Influencers, I'm Andy Serwer, and please welcome our guest Grant Reed, who is the CEO of Mars Incorporated. Grant, nice to see you. Yeah, pleasure to be here. So for those people who don't know Mars, it's a very large private company, 115,000 employees, $35 billion in revenue, makes a variety of foods, pet foods, candy of course. Yes. Give us the lay of the land, Grant.
1: Yeah, so uh, I think you captured quite a bit of it there. We're a family owned business, uh, been in business for over 100 years based on our five principles. Uh, we're about almost $40 billion business these days.
0: Sold you a little short, sorry about uh, that. That's okay.
1: okay. Uh, it about 125,000 associates, we've been growing quite a bit. Right. Uh, it has main segments, most people know it from its confectionery business, so M&M's, Snickers, Starburst, uh, we actually acquired Wrigley as well, so Orbit, Altoids, etc. But our, our pet food business, which includes brands like Pedigree, Sheba, uh, Royal Canaan is also a very big part of it. And then we have a food business with Uncle Ben's Rice, Domeo Sauces, and we have some new areas. We have a partnership with Kind, and we have a new area called Edge, which is about personalized uh, nutrition. So we cover quite a big spectrum, but based on five principles, family owned, and uh, still maintained by the family today.
0: Yeah, the Mars family, one of the biggest private companies yes. in the world. And can you talk about that? I mean, it's kind of unusual. There's you guys in Cargill a number of other very large private companies. What's the difference and why has the company stayed private for so long? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. So I've been in Mars 30 years, I worked my way
1: up and uh, the first thing I would say, I, I work for real people. Um, so I work for you know, the family and that for me, that makes a big difference and for many of our associates, that personal connection. I think the second bit is a family who cares. You know, we've been talking about mutuality and giving something back to our consumers, our associates, stakeholders in the planet. Since 1947, there was an original letter on the objective of the company. So it's that long-term view, the family connection. Um, we don't have to think uh a report quarterly, so it gives us an opportunity to think. We like to think generationally, uh, so we can take a longer-term view. So I think there's a number of advantages. And the you know, final thing is the, the the family puts 90% of the cash back into the business to allow us to grow. So, you know, I'd, I'd see a number of really great advantages.
0: And you're able to attract top talent without having publicly traded stock?
1: Yes, in fact, I think we attract a lot of talent because, you know, because of our purpose. It starts with, you know, the world we want tomorrow starts with how we do business today. And we're very unusual. We've been talking about economics and mutuality and five principles, and that's a big draw for talent of today. In fact, I get, I get measured by what we call the Mars compass. And it's really got four components with the purpose at the centre. But it starts with total shareholder return. If you're not generating great returns, then you're not a high-performance business. And people want to work for successful companies. But it also includes the quality of that growth. So what channels are we in? What markets are we in? What categories are we in? And then societal impact. What are we doing for the environment and for people on the planet? And then trusted reputation. So it's a more holistic metric set Mm -hmm. than probably the old Milton
0: Friedman you know, shareholder value at any cost. Right, you hear about companies trying to move away from that model. But, you know, Mars used to be known as an insular, even secretive, organization maybe decades ago. So how has the company changed from that sort of inward-looking focus to a more uh, outward focus? Yeah,
1: so it was a very different world and, you know, I think it's more perhaps a family trait as well, which is they're relatively low-key and they let their brands do the talking so m and Snickers, Pedigree, Shiba they were out there very much connecting with the consumer but the, the family and the company was very private um, and that I think was a competitive advantage at the time nobody knew what we were doing when we were doing it and we could really uh, invest in our brands and grow and I think the world's changed quite a bit with social media with that uh, new consumer the millennial consumers looking for transparency where are these brands coming from? What's the company behind it? What do they do? What are they doing for the rest of the environment? And so we came out to, to find our voice in this uh, in this new age. And so, Grant, you're from Scotland, right? Scotland, the so place. how
0: did you make this journey from Scotland to becoming the CEO of this iconic company? Yeah,
1: so I started, uh, as you rightly say, a, a small mining village in Scotland. And uh, I've been with Mars 30 years. And if you told me you're going to become the CEO of one of the best companies in the world, I would have laughed back then, but I think that's what Mars and the family business does. Took me on in marketing. I went through sales. What year was that then? That you was started? 1988 was the first year mm-hmm. I joined, so a right. uh, long time ago, but uh, they've always given me new challenges, new opportunities. It's not about you know, the school that you went to, or it's really about meritocracy, You know, and uh, they've given me some great opportunities. I've enjoyed it the whole time, and they've given me I think, different career steps that probably no other company would. You know, starting in marketing sales, commercial procurements. So I spent a lot of time out in Ivory Coast and other places through general management and uh, running our chocolate business and CEO about uh, about five years ago. So, you know, it's been a great journey for me. I've enjoyed most of it, so it's it's, it's been fun.
0: All right, so you know about the chocolate business. We're going yes. to get into that in a minute. But talk to us sort of about the whole portfolio of brands and where the real opportunities are for you guys going forward?
1: Yeah, so as I said, we've got, I think we've got opportunities across all of our segments and brands, but we've been going through quite a bit of transformation and I can touch on that. But our confectionery business is still growing very well. Uh, we have a pet business, which I'll, I'll probably elaborate on. So most people think of our pet food business, which is where we started. We've yeah. had that business since the 1930s. Uh, so we've had it a long time. So pet food, we're the number one pet food company in the world. With uh, the Pedigree, Shiba, and some of the other brands, but Royal Canan, which is a big veterinary brand. And we've expanded over the last four or five years into vet health. We were in vet health to some extent with our Banfield uh, company, which was partly owned by PetSmart. We bought out PetSmart to become 100% Banfield, and since then, we've been expanding into the vet health business. So we're now the biggest vet health company in the world. We bought Pet uh, Partners, we bought Blue Pearl but uh, BCA in the U.S., which are the foremost uh, veterinary health practices in the U.S., brilliant, uh, brilliant people there, great veterinaries and vet techs, creating a better world for pets, taking care of pets, which is a mm. fantastic reason to get up in the morning. I have two dogs myself, Maddie and Ollie, and... Going you know, to give them a shout out with yeah, the names, out, I like exactly. that, that's nice. I mentioned my dogs, I haven't mentioned my kids. I know, <laughs> nice. Um, and then, you know, since then we've added uh, Linnaeus and Anacura and we've expanded our footprint internationally. Right. And at the same time, I mentioned, you know, Kang, which is a great, better for you brand based yeah. out of New York here. Yes. And uh, we're partnering with Daniel Lebetsky, who's a fantastic... Uh, he fun, sat right in fun.
0: that chair a number oh, really? of months okay. ago. Yep. Mm-hmm. He's a
1: great guy, mm-hmm. founded the business, we're partnering with him. And we've taken kind in 18 months to 30, business, 30 countries uh, around the world. So, so
0: you if, have a distribution deal with him, essentially? Yes, yeah, so we
1: have a partnership, partnership with him. Yeah. Right. So we Got have it. the rights to the international side. So yeah, that's working well. And then finally, last but not least, is what we call EDGE, which is new areas. Uh, so CocoVia, Via, which is based on supplement based on cocoa for, for your circulation. But we just bought a company out of Berlin called FoodSpring, which is a personalized nutrition company doing protein powders protein drinks and that type of thing so it's direct to consumer Mm -hmm. so you know the name of the game is transformation going where your consumer is going making sure you're not static and I think that's not just for us but it's for you've had many CPG uh, companies sitting in the seat but and you've got to transform with everything else that's
0: going on in society if you're not changing you're dying so that's why we're doing it having said that about transformation I want to drill down into one of your most high-profile brands and one of my favorites, which yes. is the Snickers bar. Yes. And can you just tell me everything about Snickers? I mean, I'm just Ooh. fascinated. Isn't it the number one candy bar in the world?
1: Yes, I think I think M and M's might be bigger than it, but certainly one Sister or two brand in right the there. world. Okay, one so or two. one of our
0: other brands. But right.
1: It's a great brand, as you know. How
0: many uh, do you make? Where do you oh, make them?
1: We make we make million, we make five million a day in one factory. So five million
0: a day yeah. in one factory.
1: So we we make. So many, I don't even know what the number is, but it's a big, big brand, very popular. Uh, as you've seen, it was in the Super Bowl recently with the, uh, the two-ton bar. Yes. Uh, so that's the biggest snicker I think we've ever made, maybe perhaps anybody's ever made. It's a great brand. It's, you know, it goes against both men and women, and uh, it's about hunger satisfaction and uh, you're not you when you're hungry. So it's a great brand, and it's one of the portfolio.
0: And where do you make it? Do you make it all globally or yeah. just in the U.S.?
1: So our philosophy, and again, it comes from that family connection, uh-huh. we like to be... Uh, vested in the communities in which we operate and sell. Mm-hmm. So unusually, for, for most multinationals, we actually manufacture mostly in the countries in which we operate. So we've got big facilities
0: in the US, but we have facilities all over the, the world making Snickers as well as the rest of our brands. It's also hard to send chocolate around the world. I know that. Yeah. And then also, I'm, I'm fascinated just staying with Snickers sure. a little bit, with the the labeling the way that it just has words like shout or run in the same font yes that Snickers is now how did that come about?
1: Yeah so you know Snickers in particular has uh, got a very distinctive memory structure you know so the the parallelogram the coloring so people know it's Snickers even when it doesn't say Snickers. Yes. So just to add some fun you know our consumers are uh, younger they, they want fun they're looking for something interesting so we change the name on there and it gives them a chance to interact with with the brand and I think with Now with social media, as you well know, creating that direct linkage and conversation with the consumer, and and doing things like that gives us an opportunity to do that.
0: And will there come a day when I can just go to mars.com and order a box of Snickers with my own name on them? I think that's possible. We just did a limited edition Pecan uh, Snickers,
1: which sold out in a couple of hours, uh, and that was direct to consumer. So again, you can use social media, you can use some of the new technology, to change the relationship with the consumer. And that personalized uh, uh, route, I think, is, is certainly very you're possible. You take my
0: idea. Yeah, absolutely. Go for it. Um, and, and then when you mention this pecan thing, I mean, you're always introducing so many new SKUs, stock keeping units, different yes. sizes and shapes and flavors of, of course, not only Snickers, but of all the foods that you make. Um, how do you decide when to make that kind of a decision? Yeah, so for Mars, our, we have our five principles, and one of them is the consumer
1: is our boss. So we listen to to the consumer. So the consumer loves, you know, M&M's, Snickers, Pedigree, Donut, etc. But they also look for some variety. Now, you know, peanut is still the single biggest flavor for M&M's, and standard Snickers is still the biggest flavor. But you know, consumers look for variety, and we try and build that. And also with, um, you know, with the people much more health conscious, we're looking for different sizes, sugar intake, making sure we're labeling so consumers know what they're eating. They've got different portions under 250 calories. It gives them an opportunity to fit our brands in with their lifestyles. Part of our sustainable inner generation plan which is about the planet, it's about the people on the planet, but also about what the people on the planet eat. And so, we we really work hard at uh, making sure we meet the needs of all the
0: areas. Can you tell me Tell us what your favorite candy bar is.
1: It depends. Oh, come on! You've uh, got to give us. Well, I will will commit. um, My favorite, typically, is Galaxy Chocolate out of of the UK because that's what I grew up on. Does Uh,
0: that have that crisp in it? It has. No, it has. It's more of a creamy.
1: Okay. Creamy, creamy taste, or what you call a uh, European taste, but yeah. I love all my brands. For all the brand managers out there who watch, and I love you all.
0: I knew you were going to go there a little bit. That's okay. Which kid do you like the most? Is kind of a tough exactly. question. Exactly. Let me ask you about retailing, Grant, because you guys—I mean—it's kind of surprising that you guys went into retailing, staying in retailing, the M M&M and M stores, I yes. guess they are, and now it sounds like you're even expanding in this, you know, retail apocalypse. Yeah. How's that working out for you?
1: Yeah. So as you know, I mean, I. Part of our raison d'etre our reason for being is transformation and change. And one of the big change areas is retail, um, you know, with the growth of direct-to-consumer. So it gives us an opportunity. So we, we, we still are very heavily invested in our retail distribution channel and working with our great partners that we've worked with for many years. But we're also expanding into the new Channels and also our own retail outlets. So I was just in Shanghai recently. We just opened a store there. We've got one right here in New York, not far from here in Times Square. But that gives you an opportunity to have an immersive experience with your consumer. So you can walk in there. You've got M and M's characters. You've got apparel. You've got a deeper experience. It's not just about selling a product on a shelf. It's how do you connect with your consumer and are you relevant in today's
0: society? So that's really the reason behind it. And those businesses are doing okay, the it's retailing? Fantastic. DTC, yeah. it's interesting you talk about direct-to-consumer yeah. is a huge trend. Yes. You mentioned Shanghai, so I have to ask you uh, about the macro environment for your business yes. and obviously not only do we have the trade war that sort of um, may be sort of coming to a close, but now of course the coronavirus. Yeah. and. How do things look for your operations right now?
1: Yeah, so uh, you know, so first thing is we have a big business in, in China. We have about ten thousand associates there. So job one is really taking care of our associates. It's been a very difficult
0: time for that. You manufacture there? Yes, we do. So okay, yeah, we have a big and and obviously sell you distribute candy there. And yes, other... we do
1: candy, pet foods, mm-hmm. uh, both Royal Canin to the vet uh, companies. We have our Pedigree pet foods, et cetera, to the to the mass channels, and also our confectionery and gum businesses as well and food products so we have quite a quite a range across there and job job one is making sure that not only our associates are safe but in in any way that we can communicate with our consumers so we've actually um, been asked by the Chinese government to make some ads to show people how to using our brands how to take care of themselves and you know keep the hygiene up uh, during this time so you know that's very flattering and something that we feel we can put back into the environment in China in which we operate. But also taking care of our associates, You know, making sure that they've got masks and other things that they need, so we've been shipping those from around the world in. Once the associates are taken care of, now we've started running our businesses back up, most of our factories are back up and running. Um, So nobody really knows the ongoing impact, I think it depends how far this goes, but job one is taking care of our employers and associates
0: and our consumers, and then we'll worry about the business after that's fixed. So it sounds like, that maybe the worst of it from your perspective is over because it sounds like you're reopening factories, is that correct?
1: Yeah, so we're working very closely with the Chinese government and mm-hmm. taking their advice. Right. Um, so we're slowly ramping back up, but only, only the safety of our associates right. is, 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 is paramount. So we're working
0: closely, as I said, with the government and we're taking their advice. And just what about the macro environment, leaving aside the coronavirus? Yes. I mean, it's a slow growth world um, what opportunities do you see? Where are you getting hurt? Where are some places that you love?
1: Yeah, so we, we're actually doing really well. Uh, we have a very good global footprint, which was really started by you know, John and Forrest, uh, what we call a Generation 3. We've got a very good balanced global uh, footprint, which, is, uh, which, which helps. And two, part of our transformation journey is to make sure that we're going into the it's what we call, remember I mentioned the Mars Compass, part of that compass is the quality of growth are you in the right categories are you in the right channels are you in the right countries etc cetera, etc cetera. so we've been working hard to transform our business hence the moves into to our vet health area so as i said we're now the biggest vet health company in the world a right. big services company which is very different for a, a, a manufacturer but also making sure that we're into new areas like personalized nutrition with our food spring and edge. so Last year was a really great year for us. We got off this year to a good start, and we'll see what happens with the
0: coronavirus and other things. So, how much do you disclose, Grant? I mean, when you say you had a good year in twenty nineteen, can you talk about revenue growth, at least the top line? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's I like one it. Of, one of the
1: advantages of being a private company, we don't disclose that information. But mm-hmm. you know, we're growing well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're growing well across all of our segments, and uh, I think that's partly because of the great, you know, vision and and. Uh, Uh, input from our family, but also the great associates as
0: well. That must be fun and frustrating at the same time, being a CEO saying, no, (laughs) right? I mean, you know, what are the challenges uh, of running the business right now? Yeah, so I think it's like everything else, the world is
1: changing dramatically. Mm -hmm. It's everything from, uh, you know, the use of digital and artificial intelligence all the way through to, as you and I have just discussed, retail distribution. So you look at artificial intelligence, it's a great example so to use that one we, we've used artificial intelligence for really good output productivity in the factories allowing us to actually tell you when a machine's going to break down before it breaks down all the way through to a, a renal product for cats that tells you well in advance that they may have some uh, renal issues well before a, a vet can normally uh, find it but what's really important isn't the use of the technology its making sure you don't leave your current associates, what we call associates employees, behind. And we've spent a lot of time and energy with our internal Mars University, retraining, upskilling. We've taken about 10,000 of our supply people through retraining as their roles increase over time. And we've done the same with design thinking and user centricity. So investing
0: back in our associates while taking advantage of the new technology. Yeah, and spending on pets exceeds GDP growth, right? I mean, it's a, it's, it's a, a great big area, category, a big area. I want to ask you about um, uh, claims that um, there's deforestation going on in terms of cocoa farming and yes. your company's ties to that. Is that something you're tied to, and are you concerned about that? Yes, very concerned. I mean,
1: we have a we've invested a billion dollars in sustainable in a generation, and a big part of that is the planet, and so. Um maybe give you a specific example. Like most companies, when we looked at our sustainable in a generation, we looked at our own factories and our own operations, and we started fixing that first. So, for example, we have about uh, 50% of our global electricity come from renewable electricity sources, which from wind farms. Similarly, we've cut our greenhouse gas emissions by almost a third. So as our growth increases, now we're finding our greenhouse gas emissions is detached from that. So mm. we've made a big difference in our own operations. However, when you step back and look at the overall footprint, you find that over 80% of your impact on the planet comes from your downstream supply chain. Right. So as you rightly say, from cocoa, from uh, corn, and other things that we buy in an agricultural base. So, so we've really focused on it, and we've invested a lot in the space. Uh, you know, I was uh, John and Forrest's commercial manager back in 2000, and we were already walking, I was walking uh, farms in Cote d'Ivoire and Ghana trying to work with the, sh- the small shareholder farms because we are concerned about that.
0: Yeah, how do you actually uh, put bring pressure to bear, though? Yeah, it's a, it's a great
1: question. I think So I think the big change I've seen, and I think this decade is going to be really critical, is you've seen there's a, a recent... Uh, uh, report out from the UN Compact around where CEOs see the future. And I think the big difference, is I think most CEOs now, and there's a thousand interviewed in this publication, say that yes, it's really important. The right. big difference I'm, I'm seeing is action. So you're seeing more CEOs stepping up and actually leaning in and taking action. So let me give you an example. Mm-hmm. So I'm a member of the Consumer Goods Forum, and I lead the deforestation uh, pillar with Carrefour. Um, and similar as other pillars looking at plastic, but specifically on deforestation. We now have a coalition together of companies who really want to make a difference. They've said, this is what we want to achieve. Here's how we're going to achieve it. So if I give you perhaps a specific example for Mars in that area, we used to buy palm oil, pretty Mm -hmm. much like everybody else. It was 1,500 suppliers, mostly based on price and quality. Well, that's changing dramatically. We're actually in the process of cutting down the number of suppliers from about 1,500 down to more like 100, so that we can see where the palm oil's coming from, we know which farms it's coming from, from GPS tracking, whether it's uh, coming from any level of deforestation, which is unacceptable to us. So I think the big difference is CEOs, which are 75% of the world's GDP, so it's a a, a big impetus Mm -hmm. you can have, but it's a coalition, it can't be done by me, It can't be done by any one company. It's done by companies. It's done by NGOs. It's done by government. Working together to create a movement of change. So you're able to
0: vet companies that way. And I bet that resonates with your younger constituents, be they employees or customers. And and I want to ask you about young people. And um, let's say millennials and Gen Z. Do they still eat candy, for instance? Do they care? Or aren't they getting all health conscious and and yeah. not doing it?
1: It's a, it's a good question. So I, I have two millennials myself, so Cameron and Charlotte. And that's- Okay, what, that's a shout out to yeah. you guys. Yeah, so I, you know, I, I, as I said before, I, I either know a lot about millennials or I know nothing about millennials. Mm. And probably the truth is somewhere in the middle. So the consumer's definitely changing. And I think, when I think back to when I was their age, growing up in Scotland, I wasn't thinking about the planet. I was just thinking, wow, this Snickers bar or Mars bar is fantastic. Uh, and I wasn't thinking, where, which company produced it, what are they doing for the planet? And What's it
0: doing for my body too, though? Yeah,
1: true. And right. so I think there's much more uh, balance. So we've, you know, I think we've been on the front end of, that, uh, end of that, talking to our consumers. Well, we were the first uh, company uh, over a decade ago to stop marketing to kids. Right. for that reason. We were one of the first to put GDA labeling right on the front of the product to tell the consumers you know, what the calorific content was and the makeup of the product. So we're responding. The consumer is our boss, so we're definitely responding to the consumer, and the consumer's changing. There's a much broader view, as I've said, of environment and sustainability, right. but also holistic health and wellness. And that's why we've made some of the moves into our partnership with KIND to give a broader opportunity. Or for consumers to eat our our products in a different environment at a different time. And also to move into things like FoodSpring, which is personalized nutrition, focused in on the protein content and the actual diet of each individual person. So there is a big change, but we're, we're moving with the consumer. And when I came into this role, part of the mandate was transformation and change. And we've got to keep that up. And not just
0: me, but other companies as well. It seems like you guys have made a choice, though, um, not to do diet candy bars, right? I mean, I don't see that. And and I don't know, maybe it doesn't work, it doesn't resonate. What do you think about that?
1: Yeah, so we have tried over the years to have sugar-free. Yeah. But you know what? Confection is a treat. Right. We don't want people eating it, you know, as every meal. We want them to see it as a treat. And when people have a treat, and I do the same myself, when I go back, you know, I had a tough day, have a cup of coffee and, and a piece of galaxy. I want it to taste brilliantly. Yeah. And so we've we've experimented. There is a small market there, but most people, consumers will tell you, when we eat it, we
0: want it to be fantastic. I, I think that's a really interesting distinction. And obviously, the soda companies have gone the other direction, and maybe it works and maybe it doesn't work. But I think it's an interesting distinction that you guys have made, and I certainly yeah. understand what, you, what you're saying. Um, I want to ask you, this show is called Influencers Grant, yes. and I want to ask you um, what you think your influence um, is and maybe should be or can be going forward on this world. Yeah, that's great. So first of all, I think it starts,
1: you know, as a CEO, is, is having a vibrant, exciting, growing company that's, that's creating economic growth, not only for ourselves, but for the communities in which we operate. So that, that's job one. But I think if I had one dream, It would be to take what we call the economics of mutuality which is the compass and really make it a vibrant beacon for other companies to follow this idea of inclusive capitalism being broader than just financial return and if we can bring that to life in my tenure that would be fantastic
0: and just a quick follow-up do you work with other companies that have those sort of same goals like unilever and others that have put that forth? Yeah, so I know Paul Pullman
1: and Alan Jopes, a fellow Scotsman. But (laughs) as part of the Consumer Goods Forum, we're working with retailers. That's probably the biggest distinction from the Consumer Goods Forum. It's a mixture of retailers and manufacturers. We also have a a livelihood fund with Danone, where we're investing in smallholder farms in places like Madagascar to make sure they have sustainable farming and they can increase their living. It's all about us making a million people better off by working for Mars with Mars.
0: Grant Reed, CEO of Mars. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. It's a pleasure. I'm Andy Serwer. You've been watching Influencers. We'll see you next time.